back to the book of Mark chapter 16 this evening. Mark chapter number 16. We're going to read two verses of scripture. Right, continuing on the subject of the exceptional man tonight, or this evening, afternoon, however you want to call it, it's sometime today, and uh, we're uh, going to continue on that subject. Tonight we're going to look at the exceptional man's going, the exceptional man's going. Last week we looked at his goals, and uh, I don't know about you, but I left here under plenty of conviction last week when I got to... Uh, thinking about where my goals rank, what I want to accomplish in life compared to what God would have me to accomplish. And uh, I pray that we could arrange and fix our life. God don't show us those things in our life without expecting us to do something about it. If all we do is just hear it and don't do anything about it, and James calls us, he just tells us we're just being hearers of the word and not doers. And uh, just not beholding our natural face and laugh, going on our own way, and doing what we please anyhow. We know that God shows us how we are. We need to do something about it. So tonight, maybe you say, well, I'm going to, preacher, I don't know where you're getting at with exceptional man's going. Well, we'll get there in just a second. Maybe it'll ease up some this evening. I don't know. But there is a, to be willing to be used of God in whatever capacity that God would have us to be is a tremendous, it takes tremendous surrender to give your life to God in fullness. Mark chapter number 16, Mark chapter number 16, and we're going to begin to read with verse number 14. Mark chapter number 16. We're going to begin to read with verse number 14. Mark 16, verse number 14, the Bible said, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege tonight that we could be here in the house of God again. God, you know how that I need you tonight, this evening. You know my feebleness, you know my failures, you know everything there is to know about me. God, and I pray, if you would, that you'd use me one more time. God, help me in my life to be true to you, and to be faithful. Even to the end, I pray, God, I ask you for grace. I pray, dear God, that you would help us that we could stand firm on the word of God. Help us as we preach tonight. Give us unction from on high. God, would you get glory from all that's accomplished here. We'll praise you for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. The exceptional man's going, the Lord Jesus, we know, is standing upon the Mount of Olives. We read about this same account in Matthew chapter 28. We read about it in Acts chapter 1. And we find that Jesus is on the Mount of Olives and he has been here upon the earth some 50 days since his resurrection. He's about to go into 
heaven. He's about to depart this place and go into the, the land eternal, the land everlasting. But what we find is that, uh, is that the Lord wants to do something to, to the, for the disciples before he leaves. Remember, as we, we mentioned this morning, in, in, when, in the 70, when he, when he gave the limited commission to the 70, he told them to go into the lost sheep of the house of Israel and to preach the gospel unto them, to tell them about Jesus and about who he was. But now we find that this commission has changed. It's no longer unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But now it's to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now we find that Jesus uh, has said, I want you to go. And he said unto them, look at verse, look at verse 15. And he said unto them, go. He said unto them, go. He didn't say, find somebody else to go. But he said unto them, to go. I thought it kind of odd that when I began to think upon this this week that the first two letters in the word godly is go. <laughs> the first two letters in the word gospel is go. The first two letters in the word good is go. So when God gave us the good gospel and expected us to be godly, he told us to go and do this. One of the differences today of common man in a common man and an exceptional man uh, is one is content to stay and the other has a desire to go. One is content with people being lost and the other is, has a burning desire for the lost to be saved. God indicates a, desti a destination in this scripture. He indicates a, a determination in this scripture. He indicates a desire in this scripture and a deliberation in this scripture. Going men are men of action. Going men are not idle men. Going men are not complacent men. Going men are not content men. But going men have a desire and a drive to do something to see that the world gets to know the Lord Jesus. I was asked last night by one of my young preachers. He texted me. And he said, if you could give one word of encouragement to a young preacher today, what would it be? And I'm always careful when I try to answer that. And I sit there for a moment before I text him back. And, and I, I know the desire and the, and the yearning and the burning that happens in the heart of a young preacher. I know that I used to didn't think that I could go without preaching. I mean, there's a fire inside of me. I still love to preach. I, I want to preach. I, I may not can preach like I used to. Uh, but I still enjoy giving it the best shot I can. I still enjoy preaching the Word of God. 
thought of the words of Jeremiah, how he said there was a fire that'd be shut up in his bones if he did not preach the word of God. But I, I thought about it as I was asked that question. Uh, what good word of advice could I give to a young preacher? And I finally typed back and I said, well, I'd say that my, my desire, I reckon if I could give you one word of encouragement would be uh, that as much as you love to preach, love the Lord that much more. As much as you, I believe a lot of times we have a love for the excitement without a love for God. We had a love for the, the unction more than we have a love for God. I, I remember being a young man, being a young preacher, Having that that boy, having that zeal and that greatness to, to to preach that desire that burning. When I went to a meeting, I was expecting to preach. When I when I went somewhere, I was expecting to be called on to preach. When I visited another church, I was expecting to be called on to preach. That was what I wanted. That was my desire. And I got to thinking about that in my life. Boy, if that was the case, uh, if I'd have just had the love for God and and wanted to know God in a greater way. More as much as I wanted to preach, then the preaching might would have come more frequently, and and it may would have I may would have been more effective in my ministry throughout the years. To have a love for God today, it seems like men have a a zeal to do certain things, but when it comes to our love for the Lord, I believe the exceptional man has a love for God, and that love is it'll carry him to wherever God wants him to go. Oh, God's Word reveals that a common characteristic of men of God used mostly was that they were always pursuing the souls of men. Paul. I don't know how good of a preacher that Paul was. I believe this. I believe that if we study the Scripture, we'll find that Apollos was probably a better preacher than Paul was. He was a better orator. He was a better speaker. He was probably more, you'd probably enjoy listening to him than what, what you were Paul. But, but I don't find where, where that the, the, the Apollos sat down and wrote books in the Word of God and, and had all those, uh, those epistles that God used him. I don't see where Apollos had the men that would follow and, and had the, uh, the points in his life. I'm not downgrading or, or, or down, uh, uh, playing Apollos. He was God's man, undoubtedly. Uh, but as, if you had to line him up with Paul, then I'd say there was no comparison. Why was that? Because if you recall what Paul said in the book of, uh, in the book of, the, uh, of Romans, he said that, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I'm willing to do what it, uh, what it takes in order that Israel might be saved. He said in the prior chapter, he said that I would that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. In other words, uh, that what Paul is saying there is that there's nothing more that, that drives me other than to see that the lost people hear the gospel and believe the report of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I'm afraid the church and men of the church have lost their zeal for the souls of man. Number one, let's look. This is the Great Commission. It's not the great suggestion. It's been stated many times, but it is the Great Commission. It is a command. God's greatest command involves, in verse number 15, involves going. The greatest command that God's ever given involves going. It does not involve staying. 
Well, I'm, I, I don't feel comfortable, preacher, doing. I don't feel comfortable going. I know that. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't believe anybody feels comfortable getting out of their comfort zone, right? I, I don't feel comfortable standing beside the road with a sign in my hand. I don't feel comfortable uh, preaching from a street corner. It's not, the, it's not what I feel comfortable. To, I don't feel comfortable cold calling and knocking on a door that I don't know what's behind those doors. I don't feel comfortable with that. Is that, is that, is that okay to say? I, that, that bothers me, okay? It's something that, that, that I don't enjoy doing. Y'all judge me if you want to. But it's, it was not the case that God said you get to choose whether or not you do this. God said to do it. And some of you sitting here said, boy, I'm glad I ain't a preacher. The thing about it is you've got a misconception about that. God didn't just tell the preachers to do it. God didn't just call the preachers to do it. God said for, for us to do it, the church. And, and if, if men are unwilling to, to, to do the things that will get the, the attentions of souls, or the attention of souls, then, then why do we expect God to bless us? And why do we expect God to help us? Why do we expect God to do anything for our church when we sit idle in the church house and we expect God to send them in here and let's just get them come in. Let's be real nice to them when they come in. And we've not done anything to see that they come in. The Great Commission, before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he wanted to know, he wanted to make sure that his men knew the task that was at hand. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. He did not tell the Pharisees this. Y'all did see that, didn't you? He didn't tell the Pharisees to go and tell the, uh, tell the world the gospel, but but he told those who loved and, and who had been who he, whom he loved, <coughs> excuse me, and those who had been changed by the power of the gospel. Can I ask you a question? Has the Lord ever changed your life? Has God ever changed you? Has God ever I'm sorry, has God ever made a difference in your life? Has he ever uh, purchased you, purged your soul, and gave you assurance in your heart that you've been born again? Has he ever done that for you? Then if he's done that for you, friend, let me assure you that, that, that he's not giving you this commission as a suggestion for you to do it if it feels good to you and to do it if it's okay with you. But the exceptional man wants to reach out unto a world of lost and dying people remembering who he used to be. This command has been one of the most disobeyed commands of all of God's commands. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Boy, that's good, ain't it? I like it. I believe in that. I believe that. Amen. I believe that. I believe y'all to dress right. Amen. Y'all believe that? I believe, I believe y'all to dress right, okay? I believe y'all to, to uh, not take the Lord's name in vain. Wouldn't you say that? Uh, don't you believe? I, I don't believe you should do that. I don't believe y'all to lie. How about you? you I, I, don't, I, really, I don't believe y'all to steal either. How about, is y'all okay with that? Everybody still okay with that? Uh, well, I, that, why is that preacher? That's the Ten Commandments. The greatest command that Jesus ever gave was to go into all the world. And why do we eliminate? that from our practice of life. 
Why do we eliminate it? I've got more important things to do. I realize there's, there's things going on. I realize right now we've got things. We're busy in different areas. And I appreciate everything everybody does. Brother, there's nothing more important than the soul of a man. Nothing more important than the soul. Yesterday we met. And I think there was five adults. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six adults and James was there. So there were seven of us total. To do what? We weren't, we weren't asking nothing unreasonable. Just present the gospel. You don't have to say anything. We got signs that does it for us. There was responses. Yeah, probably one of the most favorable responses we ever got in sound holding yesterday took place yesterday. Brother Will got an offering. All right? He got an offering. I pretty well know what he done with offering. I, I had a person pull up behind me want to know where the church was. Where is this church? And and uh, what kind of music do y'all have? And I told him what kind of music. He said, I'm coming to try y'all out. All right? We weren't doing nothing exceptional. Wasn't doing nothing out of the way. It's not always favoring to the flesh. But Jesus said go. And to go does not mean to stay. If we minimize the importance of going, we minimize the importance of a godly man. Maybe that's it. I don't know. If we don't have a burden for souls, then we don't feel an obligation. Is that right? You preacher, you don't understand what I've got to do. What, what about that soul that may be depending upon that person to go? And to tell them, as what it does, what you have to do does it hold more importance than the condition that of that soul that needs a savior? A preacher Saturday is the only day that I understand that it gets hard. It does. Matter of fact, I'm over here about every Saturday I, I, for the past several life little while. I, I'm, I'm pretty. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty much over here about every Saturday. It gets tiring sometimes. And I, I'm nobody. I'm not trying to say I am. But maybe there's somebody that's depending on me. Maybe there's that one person that if I hadn't have been there yesterday and held up the sign that says it's still the blood of Jesus. <laughs> it's still the blood that saves from sin. Maybe, maybe they, 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 they wouldn't read that. And maybe, I don't know what that sign, what God done inside the heart of a person when they see it and when they seen that. And I don't know what God will take and do with those. I don't know what that, that God will do when he sees a sign that says uh, uh, Jesus plus nothing minus nothing. I don't know, I don't know what, God will, what God will do with that, but I, I know that God will honor his word. But what if, 
no one's there? What if no one goes? I spent years, and one of the reasons it's so hard for most of us is because the better part of our life, we spent years not, not going. We never was taught to go. We never was preached to about going. We just told the world to come. Y'all come now. Y'all welcome to come if y'all want to. But never in the Bible do I read it about that. The Bible said we're to go into the highways and the hedges and do what? And to compel them to come in. Is that not right? Is that not correct? I know where I'm, I know where I'm treading. Some of you are already getting a little antsy and short with me right now. But I can't help it. I'm not going to stop preaching the truth just to make you caught. But I'm telling you, a man that will not go is a man who is not right with God. That's just all there is to it. Isaiah 6. Isaiah said, whom shall, God said, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. Pretty good example. I got to thinking last night about something. I was sitting there and all my children were around the house and I was thinking on this message and, and I got to thinking about David. I got to thinking about David. I, I got to thinking about, about you know, David's greatest mistake was not going when he should have been fighting. David's greatest mistake. 2 Samuel chapter number 11, verse number 1, And it came to pass after the years was expired that the time when the kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab. But the Bible said on the end of that verse, But David tarried still at Jerusalem. This was one of David's worst days of his life. Why is that, preacher? Because on that day, David had adultery concocted in his heart. On that day, there was an unwanted pregnancy that took place. On that day, there was murder that was conceived after that unwanted, un, because of that day, let me say it like that, because of that day, there was murder that took place because of what happened on that day. Because of that day and what happened on that day, there was a newborn baby that died because of what happened on that day of him not going. Because Before it was all said and done, let me just go ahead and say, before it was all said and done, Tamar had been raped. Amnon was killed by Absalom. Absalom would soon be killed. Why? Because David failed to go when he should have went. Apathy is our main reason for not going. Apathy. You know what? Souls aren't important anymore. The lack of, a go of going men is a direct result of a lack of godly men. It's in my opinion that a godly, a godly man will desire to do something to further God's kingdom. An exceptional man. Y'all read them little pocket knives I had you, gave you this morning. The little inscription said be, be just, just be exceptional. Be that exceptional man. Be that person that's not average. Be that man of exception. Be that individual that will go the extra mile. Be the man that will pray one more time. 
Be the man that will tell one more person about Jesus. Be the man that will go just a little further. Be the man that will try to lead one more lost person to the Lord. Be that man. You see, when souls become important, then we'll begin to go. We won't be content setting idle. Number two, let's look at the spectators and participators. Spectators can, di can diagnose every problem and mistake. You notice that? Church house is full of them. Spectators. They step back. They ain't doing nothing. They ain't going to do nothing. But they'll critique everybody else that is doing something. Somebody said, you talking about me? Well, maybe. If you've got to ask that question, probably am. All right. The spectators will sit back and they'll, they're, they can diagnose it. They can tell you what you ought to do, how you've done this wrong, how you, you shouldn't have done this, and how you ought to do this, and, and how the, well, they, I'm talking about everybody can be a better pastor than what I am. I've heard that all my life, you know. For everything I've always done, everything, he ought not do it this way. He ought not preach that way. He ought to calm down. ought to do this. And, and everybody just, oh, they're so much better than what I am at it. And, and, and I ain't heard none of them preach yet, but, but there's a lot of them want to, I think, including women. <laughs> but they ain't no such creature as a woman preacher. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of spectators. They can tell everybody what they're doing wrong, but you'll never hear them acknowledge what they've done wrong. Shake your head. They can advise and instruct. Just don't expect them to do anything. You know what? Going involves risk. How is that, preacher? Well, first of all, before we can go, before we can be not be a spectator and be a participator, we've got to die to ourselves first. Remember when I first got to thinking about praising? I, we, we, most of us were brought up never to praise the Lord, right? Never, never to praise Him. Didn't say Amen. Didn't shake. You know what I mean, you, you may shake your head a little bit. You agreed. Give a grunt every now, <clears throat> every now and then. You know, uh, never did raise your hand because that's embarrassing, right? You've kind of golfed off the wall if you've done that. No matter what the Bible said, that's just. But but I had to learn to praise. You, I mean, I really I had to learn to praise the Lord. I had to learn that it was a uh, it was necessary to praise the Lord. I believe some of us have forgotten that now here lately and in the last little while we don't praise the Lord like we should. And and I don't know if God's quit being as good to us as what He used to be or what. But uh, but He certainly doesn't get the praise around here that He used to get. Amen, preacher. He, he just don't get it. Preacher, you don't know what I do in my heart. I, no, I don't know what you do in your heart because, well, you've got to have some form of consciousness before you can do anything in your heart. Going involves risk. Going involves throwing away your plans and allow God to make your directions for you. The, 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 the exceptional man is a going man. 
I'm just going to say the exceptional person because it ain't just men that can, that can, can be a blessing and can, and can lead somebody to know the Lord as their Savior. It's, a, it's not just men that can be burdened, but if the men don't get burdened, can I tell y'all something? And I said this the other day, uh, Wednesday night. I, I've been, in studying this thing, I've learned one thing, and I, I've studied a lot of history and studying. You know, I've never read where there's ever been one movement where God used a, a youth movement to, uh, to, build, to build a church. Youth movements, have good, they're good. I appreciate what God does. I've seen youth bringing revival to a church, but, but I've never seen one move of God that God took, took youth and, and built the church. and y'all I've never seen where God took women and built the church with. Never seen it. But anytime God's ever done anything with people, he's used the men to do it. And there's always been willing men. The problem today, the ladies are willing. You know why Deborah was used to judge Israel? Because there wasn't a man willing to judge. There's a lot of ladies that are willing. The problem is we got too many men that are in reservation. We got so many men that don't really want to step up. We're kind of reserved preachers. I'd rather just sit back. I don't want to be in the forefront. I don't want to be, I don't want to pray. I don't want to do this. When you have prayer meeting, three men pray and you go to the house, I'm telling you there's something wrong. I'm not trying to be ugly and I'm not trying to be mean, but there's some risk that is involved when we're going to be men of exception. We've got to be willing to give up some things of ourselves and say, God, you take me and use me. Are you serious enough to be willing to go tell others of the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible said we're all ambassadors of Christ, did he not? The Bible said he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Did he not? Or did he just write that book to preachers? For 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us. Who is us? Does that include you? Have you been reconciled unto God? Have you been born again? Have you been saved by the grace of God? Have you been given a new life? Have you been changed? If you have, he reconciled himself or, or you unto himself. Hey, listen to this. And all things are of God who hath reconciled to, uh, to us to himself by Jesus Christ uh, and hath given to us what? The ministry of reconciliation. He's given that, Brother Mike, to us, the ministry of reconciliation. Why? Because I've been reconciled. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to tell others about being reconciled. Somebody said, Preacher, I don't know how to lead somebody to the Lord. I don't. All you got to do, friend, tell them what happened to you, bless God. If you can't tell them what happened to you, you're, through, you're in trouble anyhow. Tell them what happened to you. How serious are you? Concerning reaching others that are lost for Jesus. Does it matter? Whose fault is it when our community don't know the truth about Jesus? Does it bother us? Sister Vicki talked about Going to somebody's house last week in Purvis, I believe, and the little boy said, Who is Jesus? 
never heard of Jesus before. Don't know the truth of the gospel. Whose fault is that? There's those that are right here around us. Y'all, I'm done. There's those that are right here around us that have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel message. Who's at fault? Who is at fault? And he's here. And I, I'm going to dare say this. There's probably nobody in this church that tells many people about Jesus is what Brother Mike does. He's not a preacher. But I can tell you what I've learned from Brother Mike Hendrickson. He loves lost people. And he wants them saved. Gets up every morning, daylight. He don't ever, he don't ever sleep anyhow. You hear him tell it. He goes downtown, sits in the park, and reads his Bible out loud. To a lot of folks and to some of you, that's foolish. But to the others that come sit down beside him and said, Sir, can I just sit and listen? To the old black boy, to the boy that he got to lead to the Lord two or three weeks ago, it ain't real foolish. Matter of fact, the Bible said those folks at Corinth thought the preaching of the cross was foolishness. But unto us, it's the power of God unto salvation. See, the exceptional man has a love for souls. This, Brother Mark, is where there's separation. This is where it comes, when the going takes place. We're okay. Preacher, you preach on praying all you want to. I'll do my best trying to pray. Preacher, if you want me to stand beside the road, you want me to knock on the door. There's other things I'd rather be doing. Me too. But there's nothing no more needful than to tell one person about Jesus. Just one person. The exceptional man's going. Are you complacent today? Are you satisfied with being the man you are? When it comes to the souls of men and your burden and your concern for or, or the woman, what about you women? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dismissing you ladies. Are you satisfied with being the, 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 the type of Christian that you are when it comes to the souls of individuals? You satisfied being the kind, that kind of person? Is there a need for you to tell somebody more about Jesus?